Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I mean, you're not a Dell, Luann. Take that and shove it up your ass. How's that? How dare you put me in the fish room? Tell my friends that you're trying to break into society as you're reaching your 70s. All right. Seen a lot at a reunion. I've never seen that. You don't live in New York. Let's just not get it twisted. It doesn't matter. It does matter. We have to talk about your comment about Dennis being on drugs. Oh, gosh, that's terrible. As you know, I slipped. When did you slip? You failed yourself. Give me a break. I'm not going to give you a break. You'll all attack me later. Get on your boxing gloves. It's fine. Okay, well, where are you going? I'm going to pee. Two seconds. Hello, welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino. That Real Houses of New York trailer for the reunion looks fantastic. Although I will say it looks a little bit more subdued than what we're used to for Roni. I think we're used to a little bit more electricity, but it did look great. There were some one-liners that really made me laugh. Barbara telling Luann, Luann, you're not Adele, she said. <laughs> Luann, because she thinks she's Adele, you guys. Luann, Luann, Luann. We got to talk about her in a little bit. But also in that reunion trailer, we see that Ramona just gets up to pee. She just leaves the stage to pee in the middle of taping, and Ramona does whatever the fuck she wants at a reunion taping. She does not care. Remember a few seasons ago, she took a nap? She was tired. She took a nap. And that's why That's why I think Ramona is one of the best housewives of all time, because she doesn't care. Most housewives at the reunion, they think they got to bring their A game. So they sometimes overreact. You know, they overdo it. Whereas Ramona, she's comfortable enough in her status. So if she wants to take a nap, she's going to take a nap. Wake Ramona up. just fell asleep. Ramona just Wake fell up, asleep. Mama. Did you oh, no. fall asleep? Yeah, yes. she did. Awesome. No. I, I did. thought I'd fall asleep. Ramona, you fell asleep? No other housewife, no other housewife, I don't believe any other housewife would take a nap on that stage. And I'm talking about all the franchises. And Ramona just took a fucking nap. She went to bed. She did not care that the cameras were rolling, the cameras were on her, that Andy, her boss, was to her right. She did not care. Remember that one reunion where they were talking about Alex's nude photos and Ramona just got up. She says, I'm not sitting here for this. She just, (laughs) she does whatever she wants. And I love the OGs at reunions are always really fun to watch. You know, Vicky always is like seemingly hopped up on Xanax. You know, it seems like Vicky's always pretty subdued at these reunions. And these are just things that like a new housewife wouldn't do. You know, a new housewife wouldn't go to a reunion and be subdued and take a nap or take a Xanax because they need to bring it. Whereas the OGs, they don't give a shit if they're bringing it. They're getting that paycheck, and you know what? We love them for it. So I'm I'm excited for that. Also, this Housewives finale was so funny. There were so many one-liners that were just cracking me up. We got to see Lou doing her jingle bells. Jingle bells! Jingle bells! Lou doing the jingle bells, you guys, was just a moment for me. Before I get into the episode, I do want to say that I announced the Everything Iconic Live. It's like a little tour. It's not really a tour. It's like a two-city thing, but maybe I should just—I should call it a tour. It's a tour. <laughs> One tour. Anyway, I'm doing two shows, New York and L.A., and I was so overwhelmed by the response. I believe New York sold out. There might be one or two more tickets available, but I think New York and L.A. are almost 
basically sold out. So to everyone who bought a ticket, I just thank you. I've been so overwhelmed today and I've cried a bunch of times just at random. I just keep crying about it because I'm so overwhelmed and grateful. And I thank you all for the support and I can't wait. And I hope now we can start adding other venues or other cities and stuff like that for the tour, for the tour, because I would love to come and meet all of you and have a good time and talk Bravo and take some detours and just have a good old time, a gay old time. Anyway, with that, we have to talk about this week's Real Houses in New York because it was delightful. It was a finale without a ton of drama, but it was wonderful. And I think this entire season has been so, so good. I think it's been jam-packed with things that are just so hilarious, heartwarming moments, dramatic moments. It's been the perfect mix, I think. Sometimes the seasons when they're too dramatic, it can feel just very heavy and dark by the end of it. This season, I feel like we had a lot of those good, dark, dramatic moments, but they were balanced out with brevity and hilarity and so much fun and music. We got a lot of music. With, and we've heard cabaret a thousand fucking times. We've heard that word cabaret, 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 cabaret. And you know what? I think I'm on Team Bethany with this one. Life is not a cabaret. I want to say one more thing before we get into the meat of the episode, and that's that. Not only has this season been fantastic, but there's been deleted scenes in this season that have been fantastic. I don't know if you guys saw the clip that was going around this week of Tinsley and Ramona getting in a fight in Miami. It was A-plus TV. In any other franchise, it would have been a highlight of the season. And on Roni, it was a deleted scene. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's on bravotvitheink.com, and it's on YouTube. Just go look it up. It's a deleted scene from Miami. So, so good. So we open the episode with some Christmas music. We see that Luz at the Gramercy Theater, which is where everything Iconic Live is going to be. <laughs> we see Luz at that theater sold out show. We follow Lou backstage into the green room with her crew, everyone who's working the show. And in that room, we see a lot of merch. Now this merch, I was pausing the screen to find out what it all was. It looked like there were some cards, some holiday cards, which is a great idea. You know, if I was at the show around Christmas time, I would buy some of those cards to send out as my Christmas card. I think that was a great idea. Then we see some Giovanni bags. I'm not sure if those Giovanni bags were holding more of the merch or if they were there for her dresses or if it was just some product placement for Giovanni for the episode, but a lot of Giovanni bags. Then we see what looks to be a million prayer candles. (laughs) These prayer candles, I think we've all seen these designs before. They sell them usually on Etsy. A lot of people have wonderful prayer candle designs available on Etsy. And it's one of those tongue-in-cheek gifts we buy each other for whoever's a, fran- a fan of Housewives, or I've seen Golden Girls prayer candles or Friends prayer candles. You know, people make them on Etsy, eBay, they sell them online, and it's for the fanboys and girls and all of us who want to give those as a gift to someone who else is a fanboy, or buy them for ourselves if you're a fanboy or girl. And I think these prayer candles are great. I've never seen one s- someone sell them themselves with their own face on it. That is new to me. <laughs> Again, something I normally see on Etsy that a fanboy or girl creates for other fanboys and girls. You know, I don't think that Dolly Parton is selling her own prayer candles, but maybe I'm wrong. It was just a little bit shocking to see all those candles and Lou's selling them. And she's in saintly garb in the candle picture. <laughs> so, so funny. There were so many of them. I wonder how many candles she sold. Maybe it was a good idea. I frankly want to sell some Luann prayer candles at my show. I don't know if that's allowed, but it was hysterical. And then I loved how it came back at the end of the episode, how like Ramona brought it up and it became like a storyline with <laughs> these prayer candles. Oh, it made me laugh. And Luann tells all of her people that Ramona's not coming and she's seemingly upset about it. She's mad that Ramona planned this other party at the same time. More to come 
Anyway, then we cut to Dorinda and Sonia, who are doing cool sculpting. Cool sculpting. That's a hard word to say for me. I think this was inappropriate. Bravo was obviously trying to bamboozle us with another commercial mid-episode. It wasn't as bad as that Rebel Wilson Anne Hathaway commercial that was in the episode a few weeks ago. However, I still think this was inappropriate, this cool sculpting ad. The only reason that I think it's okay, it like slid a little bit for me or I let it slide. What's the term for that? I let it slide a little bit because I'm interested in cool sculpting and how it works. So in that sense, I was sort of intrigued by the scene. I did kind of like them telling us about cool sculpting because I never understood how it works. And I did appreciate that when the doctor came in. And when the doctor came in, it was just Sonia and Dorinda in their robes. And the doctor said to Sonia, you want to do your flanks? And I thought, now I need more information. So I was on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what he was going to say next, because I want to know how he's going to get rid of those flanks. And also, is that a medicinal term? (laughs) Flanks? I need to get rid of my flanks, Doc. How do we get rid of these flanks? You guys can't see it, but I'm holding on to my flanks. And I need to know if Sonya got rid of those flanks and how they come out. Apparently, they come out in your urine. I'm interested in that. The flanks just come out in your urine. Is it a little bit out of time? How does this work? I guess you just pee it out. Meanwhile, Sonia's getting it done on her flanks, and she says, this is nothing. I've had guys do worse. And when she says this, Dorinda gets pissed. Dorinda gets pissed. She yells at Sonia, it's not on yet. The machine's not on yet. Dorinda, I don't know what she snapped. She she saw, here's what I think. Dorinda saw that Sonia was doing a bit, and Dorinda just didn't want her to do the bit. Dorinda was just not in the mood to have to sit through Sonia's bit. And I bet it's because this was a whole ad. I'm guessing this whole scene was an advertisement. And so I think Dorinda probably going in was already a little upset about it, but she decided to do it. And then when she saw Sonia doing a bit, she just snapped. She snapped. And we see a few instances where Dorinda snapped this episode. This was number one, and this was a minor snap. You might have to rewatch it to notice it, but Dorinda says, it's not on yet. She gets upset. Dorinda's first snap of the night. So I'll pay attention to that. Then they discuss Tinsley's relationship while there's cool sculpting. And... (laughs) What a ridiculous show. (laughs) You guys, this show is so ridiculous. I love it. I love this show. Did you hear what I just said? These women are discussing one of the other women's relationship while they're doing cool sculpting. And if that's not peak TV, I don't know what is. Perfection. Then they say something's up with Tinsley. They're not buying this whole thing with Scott. They're not buying Tinsley's whole MO. They don't get it. And Sonia says in her confessional, or maybe it was to Dorinda, she said, you only get away with bullshit for two years in New York City. This was interesting to me. I wrote that down and I started because I thought, is this, this is just that theory I've never heard before. I was very intrigued by this. You only get away with bullshit for two years in New York City. Whew. Then we cut to Bethany at her apartment. She was calling Sonia. She was very upset. She said, hey, how are you? She was very upset, Bethany. Something had just happened. Apparently, Bethany went into anaphylactic shock because she ate soup and had an allergic reaction. She ate a miso with fish flakes. And a miso, she says in her confessional that miso normally doesn't have fish in it, but this one had fish flakes in it. I thought all miso had fish flakes. And I thought, that's what I, but what do I know? Everyone got mad at me this week because I said I don't dip things in mayonnaise. (laughs) On the Southern Charm recap, everyone, everyone yelled at me. They said a lot of, a lot of you seemingly dip a lot of things in mayonnaise. So what do I know about food? But I thought that it would be common knowledge that miso has fish flakes in it, but I don't know. Anyway, apparently Bethany got unconscious and her boyfriend had to put a Benadryl down her throat while she was unconscious and give her some water. And 
she said if she was alone, she would have died. And that, that hit me. That hit me hard because that's one of the scariest things if you're single. And I think we, a lot of us have been there before. If you're single or you live alone, that's what is hard. When you think about like, I used to always think, what if I fall in the shower? What if I fall in the shower? You ever see those commercials for the life alert? You know, the women just, she falls off the bed and then she's fucked. That's what happens on the life alert commercials. And every time I used to see one of those when I was single and living alone, I'd think, "Uh uh-oh, got to get a life alert. I got to buy one. I always thought, you know, I was 26 years old and I'd be like, I got to get a life alert. What What if something happens? I fall in the shower like that woman did on the commercial. Then I'd be fucked. And that hits home. So when Bethany said that, I felt really bad. But then I was thrilled that she has this guy now who's with her and was able to stuff a Benadryl down her throat and she could put it down dry. But I felt bad. And then I felt even more bad. I don't even, even more bad. I just felt worse because then Lainey, the housekeeper, had to give Bethany a hug. And I just always feel uncomfortable when Bethany has to go through these sad moments with either a housekeeper or a driver. I know that she has a personal relationship with some of them, like Lainey, but I don't know that Lainey would be normally Bethany's friend if she wasn't cleaning the house. I don't know if Albie the driver would be Bethany's friend if he wasn't driving around town in a Santa outfit. I don't know. But it always, something is so dark to me about it when Bethany is crying to someone who works for her. It makes me feel so sad. And it goes back to that thing of Bethany needing a life alert. I would actually think that maybe we should do a GoFundMe for Bethany's life alert. I'm not sure if she's still with this Paul fella, but maybe we can all send her a life alert. I think, frankly, we should all have one. It doesn't matter if you're in a relationship or not. Sometimes you could be home alone and fall down the stairs. Who knows? We can all use a life alert. I think they mismarket those. They should market them to 20-somethings and 30-somethings and 40-somethings, not just people who are well into their 80s. I think everyone at any age could use a life alert. We all need it. This seems like a good place for a detour. I got to tell you a story about when I could have used a life alert. This was a few years ago when I lived in my old apartment. I lived alone. I didn't live with Matt. I lived in my old apartment. And I had broken one of my foots playing kickball. I was on a gay kickball league and I broke a foot. I deserved it. I deserved it. I was drunk as a skunk when I was playing a game of kickball. I fell in a ditch and broke my foot. Anyway, that's not when I needed the life alert. I needed the life alert a couple weeks later when I was on crutches and I had to get something out of my car. I had to get something out of my car. I didn't have anyone to go to the car for me, so I had to get out there myself. Now, to get to the car, you had to go down a flight of stairs and into the parking garage. There was an elevator, but the elevator wasn't working at the time. So I hobbled to the elevator. The elevator said out of service, so I hobbled to the stairwell. Hobbled to the stairwell, and it was a very steep concrete staircase. Very steep concrete staircase. So I see the staircase, and I was already a little bit worried when I saw the staircase, but I thought, you know what? I can make it. I can slowly walk down it. Well, this concrete stairwell, it had like little ridges in it, and one of the ridges caught my uh, crutch on it, and I tumbled down the concrete stairs. I'm talking like tumbled like a fucking tumbleweed. I tumbled all the way down those goddamn stairs. It was very high-flooded stairs. So I'm at the bottom of the stairwell right near the parking garage. And I couldn't, my foot was killing me because my foot was broken. I had had a cast on it, so I couldn't get up on my foot. And then I had scraped my arms all off because it was a concrete, very rough and tough stairwell. And I had fallen on my cell phone. I had fallen right on my cell phone, so I couldn't use my cell phone. My cell phone had literally broken. 
So I'm laying at the bottom of the stairwell, and no one had come in and out. I had gone out the back entrance, and just for some reason, no one had been coming in and out. There was like a camera in the stairwell. I was like trying to get the attention of the building manager on the camera, but no one came. I'm like waving at it, and I just sat on the concrete floor for a good 25 minutes, and at that moment, I thought I could use the life alert. I was sitting there for a good 25 minutes before someone came and found me, and who knows what would have happened if somebody didn't come and find me. I was lucky they came in 25 minutes. I could have been there a few days. Who knows? Who knows how long? I mean, I don't know where all the people were, but I felt like it was, I was lucky to get someone in 25 minutes. And if I would have had a life alert, I could have called someone in a second. Could have pressed the button and would have been saved. I'll fall down the stairs, you're fucked if you're alone. Not if you have a life alert. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> there was just an emotional moment. It was such an emotional moment. It was so funny to me. Not the emotional moment with Bethany, but... Bethany's hugging Lainey, and it's very dramatic music. And then all of a sudden, it's like coming up, we see Luann at her cabaret show just going, My dress was long and white, <laughs> singing on stage. <laughs> it was like the biggest shock. It was that Roni whiplash. It was like, We're just, I'm crying in my bed watching this episode because of Bethany's anaphylactic shock. And then all of a sudden, I see Luann and a Giovanni swinging her hips and singing a jingle bell. I'm like, What the fuck's going on? It's happening so fast. Anyway, we come back from the commercial and we see Ramona in heels getting out of a car and she's with Laura at the X boutique. So boutique has changed. I think it was called Pomona or Ramona. I, I wasn't quite sure. I think it was a Pomona was the name of the restaurant, but then it was in cursive and it looked like an R. So then the other girls were saying it looks like Ramona. Unclear. The point is, Ramona was throwing this birthday party for Dorinda and Sonia. Ramona says to us, Dorinda and I fight like sisters, but then we make up. and. Ramona walks into this place, and it's supposed to be already set up, but Ramona walks in and she just says, give me too many chairs, get rid of them, I need eight more votive candles, where are the cakes, where's the bar cart? And she's just ordering everyone around like a true monster nightmare human being. And those poor workers just have to listen to Ramona. Oh, I felt so bad for them. I always feel bad for the people that are working these restaurants, the true heroes of these shows. Anyway, she's like, get me eight more votive candles, I need the cakes, where are the cakes? John shows up and John gave her a hey baby. Do you know that? John, <laughs> Dorinda's John walked in, said to Ramona, hey baby. Hey baby, how are you? I don't know, that was a Luann impression, but <laughs> that's, how, that's how John walked in. He just said, hey baby. And I know when he says a hey baby, I get like shivers. I don't need to hear a hey baby from John. Mm-mm, not the dry cleaner, not interested. Don't want to hear a hey baby from him. They had a lot of balloons there too. So uh, Richard was there, which is nice. Richard. <laughs> the ghost of Richard was in one of those balloons, probably. I mean, we know we know that Richard likes to take on the form of a balloon. We've learned that in previous episodes. So I'm assuming that one of those balloons was Richard and maybe some other friends that Dorinda had for this party. <laughs> That's inappropriate. I'm sorry. I hope no one's offended by that. But, but do you remember when Dorinda told us the balloon was the ghost of Richard? I will never forget that. And there were a lot of balloons at this party. So who knows how many ghosts were in that room? We don't know. Lots of ghosts. Then we cut to Dorinda and Sonia and Barb and Tinsley at the Gramercy Theater. They're there to see Luann. Dorinda was talking about Luann backstage, and she said something about statement necklaces. And Dorinda said, the statement necklaces. Like, she couldn't say the word statement necklaces. She couldn't say that word. And maybe it's a tough phrase to say. But I was reading into it like Dorinda was half in the bag. She was half in the bag. Like she had had a few drinks. And 
Her lipstick was starting to smear. It smeared a little bit more later on, but just at this moment, at the beginning of this night, she couldn't say the word statement necklaces. And I thought, yep, Dorinda's almost there. Almost there. Then Lou is backstage with a million people. Her entire family was there. And she's still pissed that Ramona's not coming, but it seemed like so many people were backstage. So Sonia, she goes backstage because all the women up front are thinking like, do we go say hi to Luann? What do we do? Do we wait out here? Is she going to come outside? Then Sonia's like, okay, I'm just going to go back there and talk to Luann. So Luann, uh, Sonia goes back to talk to Luann and Luann says, is Bethany here? And Sonia said, no, she almost, she almost died. Like she had an anaphylactic shot. She almost, you know, she was very uh, ill and she accidentally ate something she was allergic to. It was a very serious thing. She almost died. She was unconscious. Her boyfriend had to come. And apparently Luann had seen this via text message, but also Sonia was telling her again. She said she almost died. And then Luann just says, so she's not going out tonight? <laughs> Luann is truly, you guys, Luann is truly a monster. She is a monster, human being monster. And I love her, but we've created a monster, and that's what we're living with now. That's who this is. Meanwhile, in the lobby, the rest of the women are still in the lobby, so Dorinda's there with Tinsley and Babs. And Dorinda is asking Tinsley about the dog freezing. Now here, I really could tell that Dorinda was starting to get lit. She was drunk. I think Dorinda was probably five sheets to the wind here. She says, is it a different texture when you thaw it out? In reference to Tinsley's frozen dog. And let's just sit on that for a second. She says, is it a different texture when you thaw it out? What does that mean exactly? Is it a different texture? So what does Dorinda think it changes form in the freezer, an animal? Also, I need more information about this dog freezing. I Apparently, some other people have done it. People have DM'd me that it's a thing. But it seems very strange to me, and obviously to Dorinda too. So I would like to know more. Anyway, Lou is pissed that all the girls end up coming into the dressing room. So Tinsley, Dorinda, Babs, they all go into the dressing room to say hello. And Luann is pissed. And I'm thinking, why did you invite them to the show if you don't want to see them in the fucking dressing room? Because you knew they weren't going to stay for the whole show. So why are you pissed now that they're backstage? And Lou just says to herself or to her hairstylist, she says, they don't understand my life. And why did you have them come, Luann? You shouldn't have made such a hoopla about them coming. You bamboozled them into showing up at the theater, and now you're pissed at them. They can't win. I was actually happy that Ramona didn't show up. I thought, you know what? Good for Ramona for not showing up to this monster's show. Anyway, then we see Luann performing. And this was one of my favorite moments of the entire episode. We see Barbara in the audience, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to my interview with Barbara, I highly encourage it. Even if you think you don't like Barbara, I felt, and it seemed like a lot of other people felt after listening to the interview, that they enjoy Barb. I mean, it was a very enlightening interview, I will say. I thought she was great. And I really started to stand Barbara at the end of it. But we see Barbara in the audience, and she has a hot mic moment, much like she did a couple seasons ago. She has a second hot mic moment, and she says to somebody else in the audience, she says, Luann can't hold the stage by herself. She can't really sing. Now, all of this is true, but I'm certain that it's going to piss off Luann, and I'm very excited for her to come out at the reunion. But I love that Barbara had a second hot mic moment. Barbara obviously is not aware of the mic pack she's wearing. She must not feel it or see it if somebody else is wearing it. I don't know. She's not accustomed to it yet. And this was just such a beautiful moment. Just a beautiful moment. She can't hold the stage by herself, she said. She can't really sing. 
Uh, and then we all of a sudden cut to Luann being like, Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. A real jazzy version of jingle bells. <laughs> everyone, everyone in the audience is just like standing up. They're talking to each other. And that's how these Contest Luann shows are. The whole audience, because like I've said, the whole audience is blacked out at these shows. And the whole audience is like shouting at the stage. It's a real clusterfuck. And everyone's having the best time ever. But it's not like everyone's paying so much attention to what Luann's doing because everyone's so blacked out. You know what I'm saying? It's like everyone's kind of putting on their own show while Luann puts on her show. So it's just hysterical that so much is going on in the audience. Because, you know, you go to an opera or you go to a Broadway show, and the audience is expected to sit and enjoy the performer, not at Luann's show. The audience is encouraged to just be blacked out and shout Giovanni at the stage. That's what's encouraged at a Countess Luann show. That's what's encouraged. Anyway, I wondered who was at the show. Like, who were Luann's guests? Like, who were the friends? We didn't see. Anyway, then we cut to Ramona at the birthday party. She's still screaming about the cakes. Where are the cakes? I need the cakes. Where are the cakes? I need the cakes. And Sonia and Dorinda arrive. Again, Dorinda's drunk. She cries. She's got makeup smeared a little bit. And Sonia's pissed at Barbara for ruining the surprise. And I wondered if Dorinda was going to stuff her face into one of the open flames of one of the cakes like she did at her birthday the previous year. Do you remember last year at the Berkshires when Dorinda just Mrs. Doubt fired her face into an open flame cake? That was a moment. And I wondered if it would happen again. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. I feel like if the cameras would have stuck around a little bit longer, we would have gotten it. But it seemed like we cut out of that birthday party pretty quick. But Dorinda seemed happy. She was drunk and happy. She said, you did yourself and you kept it a secret. <laughs> you outdid herself. You kept it a secret. She definitely had some lipstick smeared. And when I see a smeared lip on Dorinda, I'm never more than, I'm never, never happier. If I see a smeared lip, I couldn't be happier. It's just the best. You get the best Dorinda. Meanwhile, Luann is told, telling jokes about her rehab over on that Gramercy stage. Telling jokes. She has a joke in her show about she liked to rehab so much she went twice. <laughs> That's not appropriate. <laughs> Not appropriate joke, but she says it. She does it. Then at the birthday party, we see Dorinda talk to Tinsley, and Dorinda says, Something's amiss. It's a bigger picture. And then in the middle of this drunken, slurring aggression towards Tinsley, Dorinda says, Sorry about Bambi. She said, You're still in the mix with Scott. Something's amiss. It's a bigger picture. So she's just drunkenly telling Tinsley that. And then Sonia and Ramona come over. And all the women say that Tinsley is hiding behind something. And I think she is too. I think Tinsley's hiding something from all of us. And I don't know if it's just the relationship with Scott. Some people say that Tinsley does not at all live in New York. That's just for the show. I don't know that that's true. But I felt like that's what the women were really saying. I was reading into it. And I was thinking, that's what they're saying. They know that Tinsley doesn't live in New York. And I don't know that for sure either. That's just what I've heard. It's like a rumor that goes around. And it would make sense because she lives in that apartment hotel, which is a weird living space if you've been in New York for two years now. I mean, it's been a couple years. She should have gotten a place by now. So something is amiss, Dorinda. Dorinda's right, as always. Something's a mouse. Something's a mouse. There's an arrangement there. <laughs> then Sonia says, who's buying your dresses? Who's buying your dress? Someone's buying Tinsley's dresses because Sonia says she can't afford those dresses. 
Meanwhile, Ramona was hungry. She was hungry this whole episode. She's, she just walked away at one point. They're all yelling at Tinsley and confronting her. And Ramona's like, I'm hungry. I need a snack. And she just leaves. Then I noticed something that is a surefire sign that Dorinda's hammered. And that's the hand. The hand that comes up. It's like one pointer finger comes out. It almost looks like a claw. A claw. You like, you know, like those claw toy things that you get the stuffed animal. Like Dorinda's hand turns into that and she points it at someone and she puts her elbow all the way up. So you guys can't see what I'm doing, but she lifts her elbow all the way to the sky. And then the hand closes into a fist. And then the pointer finger comes out and she points it at the person. And then she just jiggles it. So then it just jiggles, like the whole thing jiggles, but she jiggles it like from the elbow. So that's how it works. So it's like elbow all the way to the sky, closed fist, one pointer finger out from the closed fist, and then jiggle the entire hand. That's how you do the drunk Dorinda. And she was doing it and I loved it. And I was hoping it would have stayed on her a little bit longer. Again, we left this party too quickly. Eventually, Tinsley just walked off. And I was hoping we could have been there longer. Tinsley just says, this is crazy. And then she walks off. Then we cut to Luann, who again is just singing Money Can't Buy You Class. At the end of the show, she's like, Merry Christmas! <laughs> Shouting Merry Christmas at the audience. Look, I'm upset that I never saw Lou's Christmas show. I don't think she did the Christmas show here in LA. I think it was just New York. Maybe I'm wrong. But as far as I know, the only shows that Luann has done in LA have been the regular Countess and Friends. And I love a holiday. I love a holiday celebration. I would have liked to go to the Christmas one. So fingers are crossed, Luann comes out with a holiday album. I've been asking for it. I hope it happens. Anyway, then we cut to the next day, all the women are getting ready for this s'mores and whores party that Bethany's throwing. We see Ramona. She says she did an elegant whore. She said that's what I, that's what she dressed like, an elegant whore. Then Dorinda is dressed like a slutty Mrs. Claus. Bethany's in the car with Albie, and Bethany's wearing like a, a coat over it, so we can't see exactly what Bethany's wearing. But she did have a tiny hat. There was a lot of tiny hat work going on in this episode. A lot of hat work in general, as we always say, is going on in Bravo. But this episode specifically had a lot of tiny hat work, which was just very little hats in the head. Zorinda was wearing a tiny hat, and Bethany was wearing a tiny hat. It always reminds me of that sketch from SNL with Amy Poehler, where she puts on the tiny hat. <laughs> I love a tiny hat. But lots of tiny hat work going on. Anyway, Bethany's in the car with Albie on the way to this party, and Albie's dressed like Santa. And I guess that meant Albie was at the party then, right? He must have been at the... I don't remember seeing him at the party, but he must have parked the car and then had fun at the party. Otherwise, why would he be dressed up like Santa? I didn't understand it. Maybe he was going... Maybe he's a second job at the mall. Who knows? But Albie had to sit in the car and listen to Bethany talking about all this stuff again. So Bethany, again, spilling out her guts and her soul and her emotions onto Albie, who's just there to drive the car. And I thought, you know, I wish Bethany would call up a friend. I wish she would have just grabbed her phone, put a friend on speakerphone, and told the friend. It just irks me a little bit that she's telling Albie, who's a paid help, to drive her to this place. And I'm not saying that Albie didn't want to listen to it and that they haven't developed a relationship. I just feel that he's on the payroll. Maybe he shouldn't also have to deal with the emotional baggage. And if he does have to deal with emotional baggage, I hope he's getting extra pay for that. Because his job requirements are only supposed to include driving Bethany. That's what I would guess. That's what I don't know that for sure. That's what I would guess. So Bethany says that she felt like when she was in the ER after the anaphylactic shock, she said she felt like Dennis was pulling her in. And she says she's done with him. And the driver, Albie, says, you bring him up a lot like every day. 
It's very tragic. Everything about this scene was tragic to me. I felt very badly for Bethany as well. She just went through this huge trauma, and apparently she had this supernatural experience where Dennis was trying to pull her towards the afterlife. I think that's what she was saying. That's what I took from that, that she was saying Dennis was trying to pull her into the afterlife. I don't know. Meanwhile, all the women we see at this party, Sonia arrives and... Dorinda, Sonia says to Dorinda that she looks like Santa's little hooker. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I love these women. And then we cut to the party. S'mores and horrors party on the rooftop. Love the theme. Love Christmas. Love all of it. Ramona reveals that she's spending New Year's Eve in Palm Beach. That's like a thing with these women. New Year's Eve in Palm Beach. Then she says Mario invited her on vacation as well. Ramona and Bethany hug. They have a nice moment. Ramona and Bethany have having a few nice moments lately. The past few episodes, we've seen some good moments between Ramona and Bethany. It looks like all that goes to shit at the reunion next week, but for now, it seems like they're in a good place. Ramona says to Bethany, for almost being dead, you look really good. And that's nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's a great compliment. For almost being dead, you look really good. Then the women have some oysters. Ramona orgasms over the oysters. Then they have a lot of sexual innuendos with these oysters. So Bethany says that she pictures Ramona on someone's vagina. That's what she said. I'm not making that up. I'm not trying to be vulgar. I'm just saying Bethany literally said that she pictures Ramona on someone's vagina. Those were words for it. I wrote it down. Wrote it down. Then Ramona says to Sonia, let me see how you suck it off. And then Sonia says, I smell it first always. If it doesn't smell good, I don't suck it. That's my advice when you're with Harry. Lots of sexual innuendos, and I liked it. I like when the women get very sex in the city, and that's what they were doing here. It was great work, and I was very excited about all of it. Because these women are the modern-day sex in the city. We say it all the time. These are our modern-day Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and Charlotte. Then we cut to Barbara. Oh, no, then we cut to Ramona talking to B, and... She's talking about Barbara. So Ramona tells Bethany, Barbara had the audacity to tell Sonia about her party. She said, audacity. <laughs> and then they start talking about Luann's merch. So they start talking about those prayer candles. Ramona says that Lou's going to hell because of the prayer candles. She says she's going to hell. <laughs> I don't think she said it directly, but she said something like, she's not getting into heaven with those prayer candles. And I'm not sure that that's how God works. I'm not here to preach a religion. I just don't know if I buy that. They need to not sell prayer candles to get into heaven. But they hate Lou. These women just hate Lou. (laughs) Speaking of one-liners, Sonia has a one-liner. She says, Dear God, deliver us from Luann, as they're talking about the prayer candles. (laughs) It's so good. What a one-liner. I mean, every last one-liner these women deliver, every confessional is filled with such hilarity, such beautiful, beautiful words. Beautiful words. Then Luann arrives at this rooftop party, and she's wearing a very aggressive hat. And I couldn't understand it. It didn't look like something she would normally wear. And I know Luann's always wearing a hat, but this one to me just didn't feel right. You know, those other brim hats that she wears, they feel more comfortable to me. But this one that Luann was wearing on the rooftop, it was a white hat. It did not feel comfortable to me. It made me feel off balance. Very off balance. Then Luann says to Rona, what happened to you, Missy? She says, what happened to you, Missy? Like, where were you? Why weren't you at my show? Even though she didn't want anyone to be at that show, she was kicking them all out of the fucking green room. So Luann says, so oh, oh, they start talking about the show, and then they start calling out Luann about the prayer candles and the uh, how she was not being nice to them at the show. And Luann says, sorry, that's show business. And you guys, Luann is just being a nightmare. 
She's not being nice. Luann, I don't know what it is. I want her. I don't know if I want her to go back in time. I don't know what it is. I just wish that Luann had a little more maybe humility or something, or maybe it's self-awareness that that's what I'm not picking up from Luann. There's something amiss. Even as of last season, Luann was much more tolerable, and I don't know what it is. It's not a sobriety thing, because I think in the early seasons of Housewives, well, she was kind of insufferable, wasn't she? I don't know what it is. I don't think it's a sobriety thing. I just think something is going on with Luann where she's very annoying. And I'm not sure I want my old Luann back, but, you know, they ebb and flow. I'm sure next season I'll love Lou again. I love her. But this season, I'm just really turning on Lou, and I don't want to. Anyway, they're all still talking about the prayer candles. Ramona says, so Luann, are you like the Virgin Mary now? And she says, you don't like it? Don't buy one. And then Tinsley finally arrives at the party. She says, I need some wine. Tinsley needs some wine right away. And Ramona is just eating away at this party. There's s'mores that come out. Ramona takes a bunch of s'mores. Ramona was hungry this episode. I noticed multiple times Ramona said, I'm hungry. And then she grabs some food. Speaking of food, I think I need a glass of water because my voice is hoarse from doing the Luann impression. So let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and we'll do, we'll finish the episode. <laughs> Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Barbara arrived. Drinda and Tinsley, 
they decide to make up. Tinsley says, you know what? We shouldn't fight over Scott. She says, I'm not with Scott anymore. So Scott should never even come up in conversation. We should never talk about Scott. And she says the word Scott a million fucking times in her telling Dorinda that they shouldn't ever talk about Scott again. It was like, Tinsley, stop saying Scott if you're telling Dorinda that you don't want to ever talk about Scott again. We shouldn't fight about Scott. Scott's not here. I'm not with Scott Scott anymore. It shouldn't be a problem with Scott not here. I'm not with Scott. So let's stop talking about Scott. No more talking about Scott. It's like, Tinsley, get over it. Enough. Then Dorinda says in her confessional, basically, like, I'll talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. She says in her confessional, don't tell Dorinda what she can and cannot talk about. She'll talk about whatever the fuck she wants. That's what Dorinda will do. She'll talk about what she wants. Then we cut to the commercial, and I just want to say they played a commercial for Sweet Home Alabama, and that has nothing to do with this episode. I just want to say that that's a great movie. And in the commercial, we see the scene where Reese Witherspoon says, you have a baby in a bar. And I just want to say that's iconic. And I love Sweet Home Alabama. I do. I love that weird haircut that Reese Witherspoon has in it. I love Patrick Dempsey in it, Josh Lucas in it. I love it all. Love it, love it, love it. Almost as much as this show we're talking about, Ralph's New York. Anyway, then we have a pinata. So Bethany has a pinata. She says to Dorinda, beat the fuck out of it. Dorinda's the first to go. She's got the stick and she's beating the fuck out of the pinata. They all hit it. When Tinsley gets hold of that stick, she loses it. She snaps the way that Dorinda's been snapping. Dorinda's been snapping and Tinsley snaps when she gets a hold of that thing and she just goes nuts on that fucking nutcracker pinata. Meanwhile, Dorinda's lipstick is smeared again, which means I'm feeling good, she's feeling good. And they eventually get the piñata cracked open, and it's a bunch of sex toys. A vibrator. Sonia just sees a vibrator, she's like, a vibrator! And then Luann's like, I want a vibrator! Like, they're all on the floor trying to gather up these condoms and vibrators, as if they're six-year-olds grabbing some Kit Kats at a birthday party. I mean, I've never seen women scurry about the floor like some cockroaches to grab a vibrator like that. I could not believe it. What else was on there? You know, it was just like lube, condoms, and vibrators. And these women were on their hands and knees. I don't think I've ever seen Luann on her hands and knees on this show for 10 seasons. We've been with these women for 10 seasons. I've never seen Luann on the hands and knees. I've never seen her washing a floor or even praying to her prayer candle. I've just never seen her on her hands and knees until she was gathering up some condoms and a vibrator from a nutcracker pinata. These women were after those items. And Ramona had like a million condoms in her pockets and her hands. She was holding just a slew of condoms. She was going to get fucked that night. And I salute that. But I'm just saying, Ramona, I've never seen someone hold so many condoms in two hands. So many. And Ramona, she's like not someone who normally would hold a lot. We don't see her holding a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? She's always ordering other people to move stuff or hold things. But here was Ramona just with a slew of condoms in her hands. It was so funny. It just made me laugh. I love these women. Love them, love them. Then, as if I couldn't have been happier, I was so happy to see these women on their hands and knees for the condoms and the vibrators. Then, some hot guys come out with some cake. What's better? I ask you, what's better than a party where they're serving s'mores and vibrators on the floors and hot men with cakes? Nothing. They all come out. And one of the cakes was for Sonia. The men start stripping. The women were wet. I was wet. It was a great moment in TV history. It was just so fantastic. You guys know I love a sexy Santa. And all these men were so sexy. They had great bodies. Even Ramona, she said, I'm not normally a stripper type of girl, but I want to enjoy the moment. And you enjoy that moment. I love a stripper. I love it. I'm not going to bore you with these details again, because I've told you all how much I love a stripper. But especially a sexy Santa stripper, nothing better. There is nothing hotter than a hot man and a 
okay. Let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment. So these strippers come out, they're taking off their clothes, and then we get the end of the episode freeze frames, which are my favorite parts of this finales. It gives us an update of where the women are now. And normally we end on something light and fluffy, and then we see a freeze frame. This season they decided to end on a freeze frame of all the women with a various stripper. So we freeze on Ramona and it says Ramona lowered the price of her apartment, but she's but it's still on the market, and so is she. She maintains that she and Harry are just friends. And the freeze frame is her touching some abs. And then we freeze on Sonia. Sonia's titles say, Of all the Morgan letters, Sonia was most excited when her daughter received acceptance into an Ivy League college. She has new renters and it's considering hiring Tej. Wow, you guys, she's considering hiring Tej. Now, we talked about this on the show, that Tej was allegedly an actor that was hired for the show. Now they're referencing him again. I was shocked. I was shocked. They're really going against that fourth wall. I feel like we all know that Tej was an actor. Now they're saying Ramona might hire Tej. What's going on? What's going on? Then we freeze on Bethany, who was almost dying. The stripper lifted her up and almost knocked her to the floor. The stripper was trying to do like one of those Magic Mike moments, you know, like when Channing Tatum did Genuine's Pony in Magic Mike, and he picked up the woman on the chair. Well, this stripper tried to do that, but it didn't work quite as well as Channing Tatum's did. He almost dropped Bethany flat on the floor, and she could have had another near-death experience. Luckily, she was able to catch her landing, but we freeze frame on Bethany, and she says, Bethany, it says, Bethany is buying and not selling. She bought a townhouse in Boston with her boyfriend, Paul, and has decided not to sell Skinny Girl for the moment. I wonder if we'll see more of Paul next season. So we haven't gotten much of Paul, and I wonder, are they going to give us any Paul? Then we freeze on Tinsley, who Tinsley's like brushing off a stripper. She's not interested. And that made me turn on Tinsley a little bit. Tinsley was like so sicked out by the stripper. And that made me turn on Tinsley just a little bit. Just a little bit. Tinsley's uh, titles say, Tinsley maintains that she and Scott are broken up and that she's dating. After staying with her mom in Palm Beach, she's back in NYC in a downsized hotel apartment. I don't think Tinsley lives in New York. I don't. I'm saying that. I don't, I don't know that I believe it. I think she's maybe just there for the show. Those are the rumors, and I think I believe it. Then we see Barbara squeezing a stripper's ass. Barbara doesn't get a title because she's not a main housewife. She doesn't have an apple. Then we freeze on Dorinda. Dorinda's with John. Dorinda revealed that she's never seen a stripper before. I don't know if I believe that, but Dorinda's title says, Dorinda's Berkshire's home had a floor, had a flood that even the shark room couldn't survive. She's taking the opportunity to make it nicer. Nicer. Then we see Lou dancing with a stripper, but Luann wasn't sexy dancing with a stripper. She was doing like a, I don't know, one, two step, or I don't know what you call it. She was being twirled around by the stripper. And her title said, <laughs> her title said, it's not going any, oh no, wait, <laughs> excuse me. Luann said that she's going to ride the cabaret wave until it ends. She said that in her confessional. That wasn't the title screen, but Luann said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to ride the wave of the cabaret until I can't any longer. So this cabaret is going to keep going until we all stop buying tickets. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. That's what Luann's telling us. And I'll probably buy a ticket next time she's in LA. Of course I will. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Countess speaking. We have arrived. Anyway, Luann's freeze frame says, after allegedly violating probation, Lou was taken into custody. She was released with stricter probation terms, but that hasn't stopped her from continuing her tour, playing to sold-out audiences. Luann's just going to keep on going on that tour. Money can't buy you class. (laughs) 
Oh, Luann's going to tour until the cows come home. Anyway, that's the episode. That's the season. That's the episode. We still have the reunions to look forward to. Although next week, next Thursday is July 4th. So I don't know if we'll get a new episode. I think it might be in two weeks, probably. So maybe no new episode next week. That'll be a nice little breather for Danny. <laughs> anyway, that's the season. I love this season, you guys. I'm not ready to do a full season-long recap because we still have the reunion to get through, but I've been loving it. I think it's been so refreshing, funny, dramatic, everything we could look for in a Housewives. Fantastic. Five stars. Now, I want to say one more thing about something that is also five stars, and that's Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4, I loved it so, so much. I want to encourage anyone over the long holiday weekend, or if they have some time off next week, go see Toy Story 4. I loved it so, so much. I love those Pixar movies so, so much. But Toy Story 4, it blew me away, and I had sort of low expectations because I think the first three movies are just so flawless that I went in kind of thinking it was going to be disappointing. And then it blew my socks off. I just thought it was emotional, beautiful to look at. The animation was stunning. I thought it was just fantastic. So if you get a chance, take your kids or go see it alone. I can't say enough good things about it. I just thought it was fantastic. Also, I saw uh, season two of Fleabag. And I know Casey Wilson was on the show and she was talking about how great Fleabag season two was. I just watched season two season all together. Matt and I binged it and I thought it was fantastic too. So if you're looking for some good things to watch, I know we mostly talk about reality TV on here, but I do like scripted stuff too. I mean, will I watch mostly Bravo? Yes, but I do occasionally pop on some scripted things. And right now, Pose is so great. Tales of the City on Netflix is great. Fleabag season two or one. If you've never seen season one, it's great too, but season two is just phenomenal. And Toy Story 4, lots of good stuff out. So catch something over the holiday weekend. And let's see, what else? I want to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. If you want those tickets, you go to everythingiconic.com. At the top of the page, there's a little link that says live shows. And all the links for the live shows will be there. I don't know if there's many tickets left for the LA and New York shows, but there might be a couple opening up. Uh, closer to the date, because I know they do try to save some and then maybe open them up. I'm not sure exactly how that works. But hopefully, because so many people have bought tickets, we can add a city or two, or at least it's encouraging to know that uh, people are interested. And I'm so super excited for those shows. I'm really going to try to make sure they're really great shows and really special and do some really fun stuff. And I just can't wait to meet everyone and and chat. And, and hopefully, we can have some cocktails or some mocktails outside of the show or after the show or something like that. And I'm just so excited. If you want one of the t-shirts, go to everythingiconic.threadless.com. All of these links are in the episode description, so check that out. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash everythingiconic. Again, that's patreon.com slash everythingiconic. Click become a patron, donate $4 more per month, you get the bonus episodes, doing one a month. There's a Hills recap up there. I did a Hills recap earlier this week, and I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do for Hills. I think what I'm leaning towards, and I hope this isn't upsetting, but I'm leaning towards doing... Uh, the Hills and Southern Charm together. So if there's no Hills recap on Monday, then maybe it will be with, we'll talk a little bit about it with Southern Charm. I'm trying to see how the Hills recap does and if you guys like it. So I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing it if you guys aren't into it, but I would like to at least chat about it. I love the premiere. I thought the premiere was fantastic. I don't know if the season will be good, but I thought that first episode was great. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. Let's do a little cool down to we need to cool down. My voice hurts from doing all that Luann impressioning. <laughs> that Luann impression really hurts my throat, you guys. Money can't buy you, class. It's really just the cookie monster. Anyway, let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out.
Take another deep breath in, hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in and just hold it and breathe out. You guys, I love you for listening. Take some time to just tell a friend you love them this week and and smile and laugh and have a good week. I love you. Bye-bye. And have a happy holiday if we don't talk. We'll, we talk, we'll probably talk before July 4th, so ignore this part of the podcast. <laughs> love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 